Hey, this is Dr. Gonzalo Jesus Quintero. And this episode is brought to you by Tavern at the Vogue, located at 230 3rd Avenue in downtown Chula Vista, home of the $5 cheeseburger. Come and get it. You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Ladies and gentlemen and lowlifes, we are here with the ultimate Karen, the shut up Karen. <laughs> You're wearing a Karen shirt and your name is Karen. <laughs> We're here with Miss Karen Barnett, Miss Small Barnett. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's been oodles and oodles and oodles of months since yeah. we've hung out. I haven't sat in this rape closet since like February. Damn. No, March. Well, yeah, you did one in March. March. And we, we'll talk about that later. We, 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 didn't, we didn't put that one out. No, that was a bad one. <laughs> Small bar owner, operator, legendary lady of craft beer here in our humble little studio, Karen Barnett. How you doing? I still remember the first time I actually crossed paths with you. I was at San Diego State. You were a presenter of a class. I don't remember what you were presenting. We were talking about, I think, the three-tier system. Mm, I'm pretty sure I'm breaking that three-tier system currently, but whatever. Um, yeah, and you were giving a class. You were giving like a little speech on the things and, and how they work and what not to do. And I was like, oh, wow, this lady's pretty cool. And then, I had you fooled. Yeah, and then like now we're buds. We're friends. Now we're buds. You brought me sashimi. Now we eat. Yeah, we eat. Sushi, salad, lunch <laughs> so, in your rape so closet. He- so healthy. It is healthy. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. The pandemic. The business owner. Oh, my God. The aftermath. Well, not even the aftermath. We're fucking. We're not even. No, we're in it. Dude, we're like in the We're in, in the, the middle, middle of so many things we're right now. We're in the middle. Like, oh. a, like a social justice revolution. Oh, my God. A pandemic. Oh, killer bees. Or what was it? The hornet. Murder ho- hornets. Murder hornets. Um, there's uh, fires raging. Jesus like all of Christ. freaking around us. I remember we can cuss on this one. Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck okay. you want. Uh, and here we are. <laughs> Look at it. And, and like nothing ever happened. I know. Well, yeah. But yeah. Tell me about your experience with the pandemic. Not necessarily your business yet. And then let's kind of play catch up. I want to. Business is life, though. I Go mean, ahead. When Ooh. you're a small business owner, you breathe it. You know that. You know, you have to do everything you can to keep it going. So um, you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. It's Ugh. it's what you do. It's you know? the worst feeling. It's pretty awful. There's no worse feeling. I do a lot of math on my ceiling. Oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, I how am I getting toes. out of this one? <laughs> I'll be looking down, looking at my toes. I'm like, okay, that one. Okay. Okay. Those bills get paid. Ooh, sorry, Pinky. You're not getting. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, I wish I had more toes. Um, uh, I guess not. I wish I had less toes. I, I was going to say. Sorry. Sorry. I know I, I, never mind. You're high. I'm not high. Oh, okay, cool. I, uh, usually not before 8 p.m. Unless it's the day off. Still yeah. early. Usually Still I wait early. till later. Yeah, it's like a nightcap on the day. But even with pandemic, I mean, okay, we all went through the different stages of, of the COVID and how we dealt with it. Everyone was depressed. Every, everyone Not was everybody. upset. Everyone was, well, I mean, at one point or another, everyone was upset when it first happened. I'm, you're taking my freedoms away. I don't want to stay home. I don't want to do it. Well, there's, those people are still there. There's I feel it, like yeah. there's just like a roller coaster of emotions between like someone telling you what you have to do and what you actually feel like morally you should be doing. And 
the disconnect and the flip-flopping of people's emotions has been crazy, you know? And I think it adds more to it if you are involved in any way, like looking at social media, like that just amplifies either your emotions or just what's happening. I feel um, if I was 18, recently graduated from high school, living with my parents in limbo between going to, away to school and no job, no responsibilities. I'd be stoked. I would be on a good one. I would be so you know? stoned I would every even, day. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to leave the house. Even, you know, I'd be like, you know what? My parents would be like, no, you're not going anywhere. I'd be like, cool, I'll just well, go upstairs. Well, I don't know about that. I'd probably be like, I want to see my friends. So I might have whined about that. Social media kind of bridges the gap to that. No. Plus, you could sneak out if you really want to. Well, that's what I always did. So that's why I'm saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would have stayed. Being in your 40s, like with a family, operating businesses, and just having like a shit ton of responsibilities that you have to like answer the bell. Is that, is that a phrase? Is that what you people say? Answer the bell? Maybe. That's it. Like, I have to, I have to, yeah, I guess answer the bell. (laughs) I don't know if that's a thing. (laughs) I have responsibilities that I have to tend to. So it's kind of like, fuck. There was no time out. I'm, I don't no. know if you're the same as me. Well, oh, so I stopped. I closed Small Bar for 60 days. So um, beginning in July, I closed, um, thinking I was just going to take the month to just take a breather. But I knew that another shutdown was coming. Damn, So I was you. like, you know, I worked so hard those first four months to, you know, feed people that didn't have any sort of like unemployment income that were struggling, um, raising money, just feeding my community. You were next level, dude. I worked really you hard. You were next I just, every level. time there was something else, I pivoted and I did something else. Um, and I was making enough money to keep my staff paid. You were, that's what I was going to say. You were making money to maintain and you were giving away food. Yes. To people who needed it. Yeah. How was that? Were, were people actually coming out and, oh, yeah. and taking you up on that offer? Yeah. I mean, I, there, at one point in the very beginning, before they gave out, you know, like the 600 a week unemployment stuff, um, in the very beginning, I had um, a family contact me that I didn't know, um, they both, I don't remember what the husband did, but the wife, um, had like a freelance job. And so that immediately got shut down and, um, uh, they had no, they didn't know what they were going to do. They had two kids. So I filled up huge boxes of food for them, you know, and she was, and to add to that, she was like, we're vegan and I'm all great. (laughs) So I'm like, here's a block of impossible meat. Here's tofu. Like I just, here's all these vegetables. And I just, you know, try to accommodate and, I had a couple, a couple situations like that, but that started to phase out the more the unemployment was so accessible and stuff. And there were other programs happening. Um, but to me, it wasn't like, I felt like the government should be doing that. They shouldn't be, we as a community shouldn't have to wait to figure out what may have them make a decision, you know? And so, but I, it was so awesome. I didn't wait. I just made a yeah. decision. And, but, like, and, and it was awesome that you did. It was awesome that a lot of people did a lot, a lot a of lot industries. Of they all stepped up. They all started doing that because I don't know, man. The older I've gotten, the less likely I am to depend on the government or anybody in general. Same. You know, it's like if I have our, and I fucking ad nauseum, I always say this, but it's, the circle got tighter. My little circle got super tight. Yeah, and, I, and it's like, okay, I got to take care of these guys. You know, these are the people I got. These are the mouths that I have to feed. Yep. These are the people that I have to look over. That's yep. it. Yep. I, it. I mean, I offered to my staff, come grocery shop at work. And at first I was like, we'll start a list of what you take. And then I was like, you know what? Take whatever you want. Like, we'll just, we'll figure this out. And really in my head, I was like, I don't know if my business is going to survive this. So fuck it. Just that became give secondary. it away. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah, just, yeah. you know, let's just start giving it away and we'll see what happens. But, you know, I obviously I didn't want anybody working that I needed to pay a paycheck to. So I needed to keep that money coming, you know, just for their work. I don't expect staff to volunteer for me. You know, I might be doing it, but I don't expect them to. How did the uh, pandemic affect you initially? I, I'm, and I'm going to take it back to because we did a show. We did an episode together. Here. Yes, we, we did. We did an episode and and it was like 
right before we, it was definitely before March 13th because March 13th was that Friday. And I remember being in the tasty room being, okay, cool. Let's see what happens this weekend. This is going to be a true, a true test on what we're going to do as a, a company, as a city, as a state, as a country as a to country. see, to yeah. see exactly what's going to go on. It was that weekend. What's everything. Everyone was kind of like, oh shit, what's, what's going on? This is all new to us. Oh. And we had like podcast probably a couple of days before that. And I remember talking to you about it and you were just like, <laughs> this isn't real. People just need to. Well, I knew it was real, <laughs> but I was thinking it was more like a flu. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking everybody's going to have to get this, you know, and it's going to affect some people, but also the flu affects some people, you know? So my brain was the way that a lot of many, a lot of people still are, you know, that this is just a flu. It's not a big deal. You know, the strong will survive. <laughs> and my thing is like now how wrong I was. And that was very early in March. I mean, that was before that was before like the County actually shutting was shutting things down. We know very little now. Imagine what we knew in March. We knew absolutely nothing. We had no idea. I think what didn't help with that was, you know, having the government not be saying anything, not be even really telling us to be cautious and finding out now that they actually knew is probably the most frustrating of everything is just to have them have that information in like January and sit on it. They knew it was coming, you know, like, did you see that? that Bob Woodward Woodward thing? Yeah. Yeah. So that just came out today. Right. So hearing, you know, hearing the tape of Trump saying, you know, I just wanted to um, downplay it, downplay it. I get the panic thing, you know, and that's something that I think everybody knows on some level is they're only going to give you enough information. It's the same thing with like war and when they're dropping bombs and all that stuff, right? Aliens. (laughs) I don't know about that one. That should be a good show. Um, But, you know, it's like, what do you do with that? You know that they're not telling you so much because they don't want you to panic, but people still panic. Remember the toilet paper bullshit? That was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely ridiculous. How much toilet paper did you buy, Karen? None. I had a whole case at work. I just took some home. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. I started selling it. Because that situation, as it relates to sitting on a piece of information that you know is going to, like, just going to cause like a rip current under people is similar to like when George Bush was reading books to kindergartners and nine 11 happened and they, whis- you know, and they whispered and he's just sitting on that information. <sighs> okay. These but guys are people in power. I, I feel like they should be wired differently than you and me and know I how totally to agree with you, but I have to say, and I totally don't want to defend W. Um, he obviously did a ton of stuff wrong, but that's a heavy thing. And when you're sitting there and you don't want to panic and you're not quite sure what to do, he was calm and then he got up and did his job. So, you know, it's easy to say what you would do in that situation. But if you would have jumped up in front of a classroom of kids and mm-hmm. run out of the room, rewind you're two not gonna, weeks though, you're not going to stop the plane. Re- rewind two weeks before that conversation, before that whisper in his ear, when they're, they're giving them all the paperwork saying, this is what's going to happen. This is what people are planning. That. I'm not. Yeah. That. So, and that's not even like a conspiracy theory. It's like these are things that came out that said they were aware of an attack. Like Donald Trump was aware that this this pandemic was upon us. It just wasn't happening in Wuhan in China. It was making its way around. Mm-hmm. By the time he found out, it was already in Europe. You know, and he already yeah, knew. And true. he's kind of like, all right, well, let's see what happens. We're Americans. This shit's going to affect us a little bit different. And it's not at all or whatever. And it's like, oh, it just bothers me. I, I get it. When you're in, in a position to power and you're given some sort of information, you want to make sure how you present it, how you yeah. leak it, how sure, you, sure, you know. Sure. But fuck, at that point, you're messing with people's lives. No, 100%. You know what I mean? It's 100%. Like, oh. Well, I mean, I think for the 
Bush thing, he didn't know when and how, right? Mm-mm. I don't know what you're talking about, the papers. Nah, they, they just, it was like documents that came out and said, hey, man, there's a lot of chatter that this is going to, this is this is probably going to happen in so the next month. So to pinpoint month. when that's going to happen mm-hmm. is obviously very difficult. Um, I feel like I'm defending him, but I just, I don't know. I feel like that's totally different than what's happening now. Yeah, it's just people of power with information. It's like, fuck, do something. If you know something, it's in, it's in, well, not only. Well, at least start the plan. Yeah. And it was like, there was no Nothing. plan. And we really didn't get anything until what, April or something where. Things actually started like going into motion. Tests, tests were available. Like, you That's know, ridiculous. <laughs> gloves, masks, you know, yeah. a month and a half into this is when shit became available. When to you could, when, if you're in that position, you could have easily called manufacturers yeah. and, you know, and had things ready. That's, it's very sad that us as a first world country, quote unquote, first world country, it took us that long to assemble and figure out. We could how, not you know? get our shit together, but I think it starts at the top, you yeah. know, when you have. You know, you have your leader mm-hmm. who has already divided the country. There's already division for sure. And it's an election year. Mm-hmm. So everything seems like a hoax and bullshit anyway. And then he's saying something's a hoax. He's using those words and blaming it on like Democrat and Democrat states. While someone like me who, you know, I tend to lean left, but I'm, I am pretty middle of the road. It's just that we have an awful Republican president that makes me really go the other way. Um, I'm looking at it globally and I'm looking at numbers from other countries. And then you see people arguing real time about what, you know, government Newsom's doing. And I'm like, this isn't his fault. You know, like he's just trying to do the best he can. And every state's different. Every state is different. We all vote differently. Everything is, it's totally different. So it can't be cookie cutter, you know? And I credit Newsom with at least like he got broken masks from the government and he figured out a way to fix them like the next day. You know, and that's a leader. The thing that we've that I've learned the most during this thing, and I'm pretty sure you can attest to it for yourself, is you got to pivot. You can't you stand pivot. still. You can't no. wait for the wave. You can't be standing in the water and wait for the wave to hit you. Correct. You got to figure out, okay, this fucking wave's coming. I'm not going to be able to stop it. Correct. What am I going to do to get on the other side? Yep. You know, and it's, and what if this happens again? Yeah. So whatever I do now, I have to repeat it and learn how to like create a habit out of this. Because yeah. Moving forward, the game's changed, I feel like. There's, oh, 100%. There's no guarantee that come, what are we in now? We're in September, end of this month, beginning of next month, you know, climate starts changing in San Diego. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit cooler. It starts to cool down. Uh, that's the usual, the onset of the actual flu. So imagine when these two things unite. You're right. And then it's like, oh, shit. You know, we we're worried about just this. Now we got to worry about this and this. You're right. And I've heard people actually say to me like, Oh, I've already had it. So I'm good. And I'm like, I don't think it works like that. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I don't, I, I hope it does, but I've read articles where people have gotten it again. And when they got the second time, it was worse. Ugh. So like, I don't think we can rest on any information right now, you know, except for how to keep ourselves safe. Seriously. And how to keep yourself safe is to just limit the people you interact with. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it, that just is what it is. As a business owner. How did it fuck your situation up? Now you're in, now we're in September. This started March 16th. You shut down completely for 60 days. You reopened what? May? No, 60 days in July. In July. Oh, okay, so I then. just reopened. Ooh, how's that been? Yeah, it's okay. I'm just doing weekends for now. Okay. Um, we're going to start week. Well, when you air this, it'll, we'll have been open longer. Hopefully. <laughs> um, this airs on Friday. Okay. There you go. So <laughs> next week we'll be, um, opening weekdays. Um, I mean, it's, it's a little tricky. Um, I'm paying my staff more. I am not just doing minimum wage. I'm paying them well above that because I think it's important. I'm expecting them to do way more than they normally would do. They're not just 
throwing food down in someone. They're sanitizing. They're, they have to wear masks. It's an inconvenience. This is like hazard pay. People are wild right now, too. Yeah, yeah, because they're itching to go out. Yeah. Um, I kind of forget sometimes that people have not been working or um, have been in their homes for months where I was getting up and going to work and coming home every single day for like five months or four months or something. So I forget that people were actually doing this quarantine thing while I was like trying to surf it, you know? So my 60 days of quarantine were, I started to get like, like I cut my own hair. <laughs> I started to get to the point where I'm like, this is what people are doing. Like, like real time people are doing this in May and it's August. And I'm like, I guess I'll cut my hair today. There's nothing else to do. So like, I kind of get it, but, um, I understand that there's people out there that think that they've quarantined enough. Like it's been enough time. I just want to be outside. Well, San Diego is so beautiful. You want to be outside. You want to be in the water. You want to be bar hopping. I totally get it. But it's one year out of our lives. And if you want to see another one or you want your loved ones to see another one, like, come on, man. It's true though. And I know that sounds dramatic, but I have an 84 year old mom that I want to go see. And I don't want to go bar hopping and, and risk her life. Because I can't sit at home. Like, you know, come on. And anybody that you interact with that doesn't care about that, they're risking your family or whoever. It, it facts, you know, it's not even like dramatic, you know. Have you had any outlandish moments since you've reopened where people are just kind of like, pardon the phrase, Karen, acting like a Karen? Oh, and that's another thing that kind of was birthed in the pandemic. Well, not birthed, no, but I feel like it was. No, that's been around for a long it time. It was like. I don't know. That's been around for a couple of years. It's like now I feel like, oh, even my mom knows what Karen is. And she yeah. never did. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been around for a couple of years. So it, it's a little annoying. I could imagine. <laughs> it's a little annoying. I mean, some of, if they're funny, they're funny. But like when you are reading like social media or something and you're seeing people like yell at each other and call each other Karen. Okay, Karen. I'm like, come on. Like, come up with something better than that. Or <laughs> I really hate it when it's attributed to racism because like that's not where it started. And that's not fair. You know, I'm definitely not a racist. So like, that's, that's I don't know. <laughs> Somebody who always says I'm definitely not have, a racist. I mean, I have I preferences. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other component. Karen, what social injustices, police brutality. Oh God. This it's is, like they said, ah, you know this what? This has been the craziest year. This soup needs a little bit more salt. Let's just keep at it and see what happens. And well, that's oh the other God. thing is, you know, that's been building up for a long time. And then watching, government leadership not um, appropriately handle that is even more infuriating in the middle of all this. And we're all for, you know, for the most part at home, like watching the the time to watch all this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, revolution is happening. It's happening right. And it's happening right now. You know, there's people that have been protesting and, and, you know, fuck since it all started and they have not stopped. There's still a silent protest that goes down park Boulevard in front of my business. Um, I think it's once a week and they're, and they're people like not our age. They're probably in their sixties or seventies silent protests. And they go straight down the middle of the street. It's actually pretty rad. Should jump in. The only times I've seen it, I'm working. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's just been a crazy time. I feel like anything that can has, you know, and we're only in September. I know. So, <laughs> and there really is no end in sight. I know. And, and there's an election year coming up. And what, yeah. And that's the other thing is they're <laughs> pushing out these vaccines, you know, and they're conveniently right before the election. I'm not taking that one. I'm not taking a vaccine that just got pushed out. No? Just, just what, so Trump can say at, he got one out. At what point would you feel comfortable having a vaccine? I don't know. You know, to be honest with you, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I've never had a flu shot. No? Ever. Um, 
I don't think I ever really understood what it was. And I never really get that sick. Sometimes I get like, sometimes I get sick in like January for a little bit, but like, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it doesn't put me down so hard that I, I never, got, I, mean? I never got flu, flu shots until we had kids. Then wifey was like, nah, you got to get them. You got to get them. So now it's like, shit, she was on the phone yeah, last night making an appointment for us to get our flu shots. And again, from everything I've heard and I've, and I've read, and when, it, and when I've read, it's been super minimal, but it's like it only helps in aiding and preventing things, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, so, I mean, somebody who has never taken the flu shot and should contract the flu, obviously, it's going to hit you a little bit harder. And they're assuming that maybe the antibodies that you get by getting a flu shot would help with the coronavirus, the COVID. Right. But again, nobody knows dick about this. I know. Nobody knows anything. And that's what's scary. I know. Nobody knows, like you said, if you get it, will you get it again? Nobody knows the long-term effects if you get it. Well, you definitely can get it again. I just don't know that everybody will. I don't know. What or the that, severity of the second right. time around. Or right. if it Maybe effect, that was you know, just by chance. Or respiratory issues. It's just crazy. Or all, remember like probably April, there were so many people saying, oh, I think I had that in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a ton of people yeah, yeah, that like yeah. thought they had it. Yeah. And then- you know, you don't know if you if your test is right. Like I took a test. It was the uh, it was the COVID test and the antibodies test, and it came no from, antibodies. No, but it came from a private lab, and I felt all good about it. Like okay, I guess I'm doing the right thing. I'm in, I'm interacting with so many um, customers, and I think I'm being safe. Um, but then you know, a month later, I was talking to the friend that actually gave me that test, and he was like, yeah. They're actually saying that now sometimes these tests they don't even know if they're yeah is that if crazy? they're accurate, and I'm like all okay. for not. Well, but you don't know, you know, it's just like my mom just took her test and because um, they hadn't gone anywhere and they just they just left out of town like uh, last week and they came back and she was all freaked out. Oh, I can't take care of the boys. I, I don't want you guys coming over. Oh, your sister's pregnant. Oh, I got to take a test. I have to quarantine. She, she got results today and it was negative. It was going to be negative. I mean, they don't interact with anybody. Yeah. They come in here. They're like me. We're wearing masks. We're doing everything we can to prevent. And it's I don't know. It just I saw like the look of sheer like. <sighs> like yeah. an exhale because she came over today while we were there with the boys and she gave them a hug and I was like, okay, cool. So it's true. It's, it's just like a, a, a nice warm blanket around you when you get that test result. Yeah. But then, like you said, what if that fucking blanket has holes or what if it has lice? <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's unpredictable. Or like the beginning of all this when we were all wiping down every surface and then to come find out, like, it, it actually won't exist that yeah. long on surfaces, so that probably isn't an issue. Um, I was reading this article from professors from UC Davis that were talking about, they were asking the question, um, why, why do you think restaurants are such hotspots, ah. like indoor dining and any, any restaurant, really? And there, this woman's comment was, um, again, UC Davis professor, her comment was uh, that sanitizer isn't being left on surfaces long enough in between people. So... She was saying, like, it needs to be left on a surface for up to a minute. And you see a lot of restaurants and they're, you know, they're spraying and they're wiping. But, like, I've been places um, in my neighborhood where I watch them spray and do a swipe. And you know how you can see, like, the snail trail the where residue. the rag went? Yeah. They're not wiping the whole thing, you know? They're not wiping the chair off or everything that you could potentially touch. If you take a step back and try to analyze everything that could go wrong with the way we're handling this, everything is fucking, everything is wrong. Yeah. We haven't done one thing I remember right. like years ago being younger and going to like San Francisco or something and seeing um, Asian people with their masks on and uh -huh. just thinking like, judging them, you know? And now I'm like. I'm an eighth Japanese. They're better, onto something. You better check yourself. No, but like, <laughs> but you know, there's been SARS and there's been, you know, flus that have come. Um, 
out of uh, tons of all kinds of countries, right? And um, they're always the ones that have taken it the most seriously. And I've always laughed at it, you know, just because like, okay, you're not wherever, you know, you're not in, in Asia, you're not wherever you're from and you're in San Francisco, you're fine. <laughs> but really they're probably just protecting themselves from yeah. the flu or something, yeah. you know, which we all take for granted that we're just going to survive has it. Everything changed. Everything is different. It's we all so have it's 10 a masks at home now. I have so many masks. Yeah. Yeah. Have I uh, shown you an emo brown mask? Can I offer you one? I have many emo brown masks. I will take you an emo brown mask. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're cool looking. They, they're awesome. I just haven't been down here. Um, yeah, I mean, shit, man. It's scary. And at the same time, it's like, how much more scared can we get? You know, it's I don't like, think we uh, should be scared. I think I, we should just be smart. <sighs> There's been other plagues and shit that people have lived through. And we have way more information than they ever did. So it's just be smart about it. We're going to be fine. I mean, I guess this is kind of my same tone as I was in March, but we do we do know a little bit more. And at least we know I'd rather be too safe than fuck it. Let's go to the beach and share beer bongs and, you know, uh, you could go to the beach. You just can't sh- share a beer bong. Well, <laughs> I think the beach, some of the beaches are too packed. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. When we go, we, t- we tend to go early and we go to the strand and it's oh, it's perfect, man. It's like super spaced out. I'm sure that's you know? fine, but I'm oh. looking at like, pic- and again, these are pictures. Mm-hmm. I'm not there, but like Mission Beach, PB, and people are partying. Yeah, those are places you, as a San Diego, you know not to go to already. Though. I feel like I would get an STD from PB just just hanging out, just like using a toilet yeah. at oh. like a bar there. Why would you do that? Usually, I'm a squatter, but yeah. you know. <laughs> so small bar 2020 is back, doing its thing. We're trying opening up. Letting the peoples in. No, we're not inside. Okay, so, so we, everything's still so patio. We, yeah, so we built a parkade um, with, well, actually, the, the our next-door neighbor, allowed Madison. allowed you to make a pack, our parkade? Yeah. Fucking rad. Um, well, we permitted it. So Madison, that's next door to me, they actually did it all, and I just chipped in a little money to uh-huh. them. And they did a beautiful job. I think it's the the prettiest one in all of San Diego. I mean, it's it's pretty. Have people <clears throat> come out and support? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so but I only good. have five tables right now, so that's very little. So you're slammed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our seating typically is. That's awesome. Um, and I wish takeout would pick up a little bit more, but um, it's it's okay. Have you didn't done deliveries while everything was going on? Or no, I mean, we did a couple. Um, like we had an Easter event, mm-hmm. and so we mm-hmm. we did some stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I'm weird about it. Yeah, you have been. You've been very. I'm cautious. Very secluded. Yeah. I'm just trying to be safe. Yeah, that's a smart I don't want to put do. my staff in danger because we need to make money. You know, like I just feel uh, like safety is the number one I, thing. I told everybody here, too, is like the last thing I want want you guys to do is to work when you're not comfortable. Same. I it's told like, my staff the same thing. Do not feel feel under any circumstances that you are obligated to pick up shifts, work shifts, yep. or anything. I yep. said, Hey, that's why I'm here. And that's why Kevin's here. Yep. You know, we can work these shifts. If we're gonna be open, we have to know that we are willing to work as well. Yeah. You know? So yeah, everybody wants to work. I mean, there were lots of, I mean, it was easily like a month straight where I worked small bar by myself. It was the cooks and me. And I was answering the phones and, you know. Dude, our payroll has gone higher than it was before. Because usually I would, Kevin and myself would do all of the AM shifts. You know, like we'll cover all the shifts just to cover costs, whatever. But now it's like everybody wants to work. So I feel like, fuck, well, if people want to work, I'm, I'm going to give you all of these shifts. Yeah. All of these shifts are here for you. And yeah, but I mean, people, it's only crazy 
it got crazy when we were allowed to eat, drink, and eat inside and outside. As soon as that happened, I feel like people legitimately left their guard down and started wilding out more and started becoming a little bit more demanding, yet acting like this is the first time they've been drinking. I know. And totally. it's like, fuck, act like you've been so here before. So I am totally anti-indoor right now. Um, there's one restaurant that I sat at indoor um, through this whole thing. Um, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I don't want it for us. We're small, you know, and I just, I'm not comfortable. I don't think we're there yet. We're nowhere near it. We're, I mean, fortunately, our, our capacity here is like 50. <laughs> BC, before COVID, yeah. we would like, you know, we would always be super over it, you know, whatever. But we were cautious about it. But now it's like, uh-uh, 50? Cool. We're doing 12 people in here. Yeah. So I, I'm going to allow four people around bar um, and four people facing out. And that's a wrap. You know, keep it easy. Keep yeah. it Keep it maintainable. And even then, people, I feel just... People I are just crazy. people are going to push the envelope, and uh, I am a I'm a bar owner. Well, I'm really have a restaurant, but I run like a bar. I'm a I'm a bar owner that is <laughs> not the same as others. Like I I don't think we're essential. Mm. I don't think we are. Um, I think that if breweries can pivot and deliver their beer and and sell it out the door, that's great. But I don't think sitting in a bar is essential. I enjoyed that model. I really enjoy that There's so that many model. breweries that are doing so well from doing that. Um, I just, we're, we just aren't essential. Mm. And um, we provide an entertainment. It's not, it's not a public health service. So when you have bars that are like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to, you have to, you buy a hot dog with your beer. Like, I think that's lame. Like, I don't, there's not a need for you. Like, what there's about more, a taco? How do you feel about tacos, I think it's Karen? Dumb. I think it's dumb. Jesus Christ. It's not necessary, you know? And I think that if we can drive that home that like just some of those services are not necessary. You can still support the business without sitting in it and getting drunk. I'm very grateful that we are allowed. Do I feel like it's necessary from day one? I felt like, no, I remember telling my mom, I'm just glad I'm not the one that has to make the decision because I have an opinion, but I don't want to be the one that like, I remember telling them, I was like, Hey, I don't think we should open. I think we should keep this model. Keep deliver deliveries are going well. People can come inside. Well, not even inside. People can come to the the roll up and pick up their growler fills or pick up their four packs or pick up their cans to go. Right. And that's good. You know, that'll that'll we'll stay afloat. We'll be able to pay off whatever we need to pay off our overhead and, and that's a wrap. But yeah, you know, it, it it's hard. It's hard to to hold that pattern. When everybody else in the industry is opening up and doing their thing and like you're like, God damn, that could be us. Oh, if they're doing it, it's got to be safe. They're doing it. Why we should do yeah, it? Yeah, but then you have people that are going to hop around all those places, and who knows where else they're going? And then they're infecting your staff, or they're infecting—I don't know—your other customers. And I just don't see it as necessary. You know, I just feel like it's a time that the community needs to pull together, and we figure out how to help each other and support each other. But you know, being someone that sells a lot of alcohol. We can get alcohol from the store. We can we can get alcohol to go. You don't need to sit in a place to drink it. And you know, I know that's hard, but it's when we're talking about like the safety of our communities, it's it's to me, it's just it's so small on the list of things that shouldn't be allowed to go do. How has the city gotten your back uh, operationally wise, like uh, grants or loans or things um, like that? I've been denied for a lot of stuff, and I think it's because of. Um, the way um, I brought in those consultants last year, um, I was basically funding their payroll. So I didn't have an actual payroll from my business. So 
anytime my finances were analyzed, I think it looked at, they couldn't understand it. So that was a little frustrating. So I was denied for a lot, but I did get um, the EIDL. I got the grant and the loan, <clears throat> which I mean, goes quick. You know, I'd like to say it was a lot of money. It was quite a shocker to see that just show up in my bank account. But also, um, it, that goes really quickly. Yeah, I mean, especially when money's not coming in. Right. You know, it's like, oh, cool. I got a nice, I got $50,000. Cool. Little do you know that if you don't have the, the income offsetting what you have in the bank account, that shit's going to fly. Right. You know, that I mean, normally small bar on its own would make between 80 and $100,000 a month. And when I say that, that has nothing to do with the cost that it takes to oh, run Oh, no, no. People, you know real, I mean? people think, oh, cool. People don't understand oh, that. Oh, so you make over a million dollars. Yeah. Well, the business yeah. does. Well, but guess then what? It cost the- me about $985,000 to operate this <laughs> yes. business. That's a hundred. Yes. I paid myself $5,000 this year. Yeah, that's exactly right. And a lot of people don't understand that. So, you know, you get this, this huge amount of money and you think of all the things you can do with it. And then you look at what your actual costs are. And then you actually look at what you got to do with it. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So mine went pretty quick. I managed to stretch it out. And the important thing to me with that money was to pay off other small businesses that I owed other breweries. Um, anybody small that could need, that needed the money, you know, not the big guys, you know, not really taxes or anything, um, which is why I'm in trouble and Look at you. in life in general. <laughs> but but really, you know, what was important to me was paying the little guys that need that cash flow. You know, so if I we had an outstanding invoice to Burning Beard, we, we that's paid. It. You know, thank you. Oh, Burning Beard first. But you know what so I mean. So we is it, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna assume an I'm gonna assume because it starts with the letter B and we start with the letter T. You went with Burning Beard first. I thought you start with the letter three. The letter three. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking, you know, small businesses like that into consideration. But that's important. It is. It is. Cause it was take care. Of, so I got a 10 grand one in April or maybe late March, but I think it was April. And I went ahead and paid any payroll that may have been outstanding. And then after that, I think I got 150 in May. And that's when I was, I just went through any open invoices. Closing and, them out, and I closing paid them people out, that I knew out. needed to be paid, you know, not people that, not companies that I know make a lot of money, mm. you know. In this industry, there's companies that make a lot of money. You know, like <laughs> CPAs and shit. <laughs> Professionals. <laughs> who, who don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> Professionals. <laughs> Those motherfuckers are out there working, making well, money. They've got a lot of accounts paying oh, them. So, man. What have you learned? I've learned. You know what? I don't know what I've learned as much as I've reinforced, like just being kind and caring about your community. You know, and showing that that pays off. Dude, in, th- in times like this, your community is your lifeline. It is. Nobody wants to travel. And it sounds like a dickhead thing to do. I don't like going out. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, I go to my establishments. I can count. Wifey and I have been to two spots in the last six months. Mm-hmm. We, we went to, to Barrio Dog. And for our anniversary, we went to our spot that we always go to, um, Costa Brava. Like, down to, in like to dine in, you mm-hmm. mean? Yeah. Or, or drink. Like, I, I haven't gone to, like, any bars. I've gone to my bars. Like, I've come here, and I've gone to the Elwood, and it's just to maintain. And that's it. Yeah. You know, and I feel like a real dick because I'm out here. Oh, yeah, you know, we got this. We got that. You should cruise out. But it's like, that's for people who are willing to go out. You know, it's not me jumping on a soapbox and saying, no, you got to come out. You got to come out. Nobody's got to do anything. Yeah. You're going to do what you feel comfortable with. You should with. do what you're comfortable yeah. with doing. Do what you feel yeah. comfortable with. And that's a wrap. You're never going to hear us like guilt you or force you. Got, you have to come out here and support us. But I feel that way about, you know, small business in general. Like, I think every business owner should do what they think they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, as a consumer, get to decide where the dollar if you, goes. If you're doing it right mm-hmm. and if we want to support. Yeah. You know, because there's there's people that I love very much that I don't think are doing it correctly. Go ahead, and tell I'm, me. 
No, I'm not. Initials. And I'm just not, I'm not going to go there because mm. I don't need to support you like that. I, I need to take care of myself tell, first. Tell me what Virgin did and why you don't go there anymore. Virgin? <laughs> not Virgin. Only because of Caesar. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, you know, we don't go anywhere. I get a hard, I get, my parents, my family, all of them give me a hard time. You're always out there. I was like, no, where am I? It's like, I'm at UPS and you have to wear a mask there. Yeah. You know, there, there's no like. If fans were butts, you got to wear your mask in there. And well, then you were, you're exercising. So they probably just see that as like being out, right? Are you, are you still going on your bike rides and stuff? We stopped. Well, ever since I got my vasectomy, <laughs> I stopped doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we we're going to talk about that. <laughs> well, in, in August, the city of Chula, not even the city of Chula, the Third Avenue Village Association decided to close down all of the um, uh, Third Avenue on Sundays, which I think they thought was a really fucking bright idea. But I don't think it was that great of idea because they blocked off all of Third Avenue. All of the parking is at that point gone. If you want to park, you have to park blocks away and then you got to walk to Third Avenue. And then at that point, it's back to like, you know, level playing field all over again. Right. So that, that was nonsense. With all, and all that means is that we had to be here earlier. So my bike ride stopped in August and then I got my vasectomy like last week. So that also prolongs it. So I haven't done it in a month and a half, but that was the main uh point of contention with with my family yeah because we would take you know we would take a picture after we finished our bike ride and our mask would be halfway off or whatever this that and the other or i lie yeah we went to the princess pub because that's in little italy and we would go there and that would be like our our we're on our way home this is our that's that's outdoors that, that, it's outdoors but still i mean it's outdoors and let me tell you people in little, in little italy don't give up there's bro. there's lots of places <laughs> i mean north park oh. even my neighborhood university heights mm-hmm. we've had to turn people away yeah and it's, People don't it's give a frustrating. Fuck. I feel like, God damn. The corner um, where Polite Provisions is, mm. packed. You know, if I'm driving home from work and I'm going to Kensington where I live. What kind of packed? Packed as a reason. Too many people within a small area yeah. space and not wearing masks and they're drinking and they're loud and they're yelling and it, ma- it makes me uncomfortable. I've left grocery stores, which I didn't go to like a Vons or anything until, God, I think I finally went to a Vons in like July. For the first time this year. I mean, I have like a little market. So it's near safe my home. to say Karen's go to Vons. No. no. <laughs> I have like a market by my house. I have a Staley farm. So my house. So I usually go there. All, that sounds fancy. It, it, it is. It sounds market. like $1. twenty nine a lemon to me. If you- <laughs> it is expensive. You're right. Ugh. But I'm not buying lemons there. Um, but, but there were too many people in there. Like I just at the Vons. It makes you reassess what you want to do. Out. I yeah. didn't even shop. I was like, I can't be here. I, I, feel you. I, I don't want to wait in the line. I see all these people. Everybody's got their nose dick hanging out. Like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. You know, we've learned how to use our, our grill. We've, we're smoking now. Like we're doing like meats. So it's like, fuck, if you're going to give me a lemon, I'm going to fucking make you a lemon meringue pie. Yeah. You know, like, and, and it's been fun. The kids Did like you making make a lemon meringue pie. No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. you're full of shit. I, I don't. I'm not going to fucking make a lemon meringue pie. I don't know. I know how to make a, <laughs> if you give me a lemon, I'm going to fucking make you a michilada. That's, that's pretty much all I'm going to do. Or, um, But yeah, I mean, and, and that's been the positives. You know, there's always going to be a positive. The positives is like, I get to hang out with my kids and wifey more, you know? Yeah. More, and that's how people should be looking at mm-hmm. it. But, you know, obviously there's a lot of people without kids, without fam. I don't have that. So, um, you are just sitting around staring. And at yourself. You're a social butterfly, dude. Prior kind to of. yeah, prior to COVID, you yeah. Kind, well, I you, like to support people. Yeah, yeah. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> I love to support people. I do though. <laughs> That's like like my Instagram was for years is just pictures of other people's food, not necessarily mine. So, you are a single person. I am a very single person. A very single person during a pandemic. 
How is dating work? Or is that no? Yeah, that's a done deal. No way. I'm not even okay. Personal level. I'm. I don't give a shit about dating. No. No. I have has no that, interest. The COVID has killed that. I didn't really have an interest before. You're like Morrissey. Now. I think my picker's broken. Nah, that happens so at I, your age. I seem to. No, that happened much <laughs> earlier. Um, I think I just choose the wrong people. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said pecker. <laughs> I don't have a pecker. Uh, yeah, I think my picker's broken. So I'm, I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. Who was I talking to? I was talking to another, another single person. I was like, dude, this, and wifey and I always talk about that. Dude, if we were single, oh, how hard and ridiculously crazy. It would, would be it? so gross to date during a pandemic. It, well, not even a pandemic. Just like, it, it seems weird to date now. Like this day and age, you know, everything is just so Why? social. I don't know. I don't have experience. I've been, wifey and I have been married for 15 years and, I've been, you know, and I've been with her since the year 2000. I hate dating. You know, and it just it's seems awful. like, yeah. I, the last date I went on, um, the guy was so drunk that at one point, um, like we had ordered food. He wasn't drunk. He was out supporting small no, businesses. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was drunk. And um, we had ordered food and it came and he was just watching me eat. And I was like are you are you just gonna like are you gonna kill me and he's like yes i'm going to kill you and i'm all cool 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 <laughs> you know? so i'm like yeah this is why i don't date because i just i picked the wrong ones dude covid killed dating i think covid's gonna kill no i have friends who were single actually and some employees who were on like tinder or you know apps like that and they they're finding partners it's their covid partner and they're the only people they're supposed to like sleep with the whole time and i think it's disgusting it's a thing yeah i think it's gross Fucking millennials, man. I'm just happy. Whatever happened to just good old batteries? Batteries? What do you mean? Oh, well, that's a girl thing, I guess. So, your pecker broke. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. It's got batteries for that. Beanchy pandemic has done crazy things. It's it's I think I think what this year has done is really show us or should have shown us what our priorities should be. Mm, you know? For sure. Like who should be the most important people in your life, but then also how are you spending your time and where are you spending your money? Mm. And you know I'm not spending money. That's another thing I realized, like, fuck, we're not spending money on anything. Because your wife's cooking at You home? know, it's like we're, we're making. Or you're cooking. Yeah, we're making food at home. We're not going out, like, to go have food anywhere. And that for us, like, that's our biggest, like, uh, what's it called? Expenditure? Yeah. Is, okay, that's yeah. our big, that, that's what we spend the most money on. Is going, is, out. is going out and eating. You know, going out with friends and having dinner and, you know, and then you go have a cocktail or I whatever. I think, like, people will see how much money they've saved yeah. through this if, yeah. if they actually had an income yeah. at all. You had six months of $600 a week and unemployment. Yeah. Of If you got that. To, uh, oh, for those who did. Yeah. 600 a week for 2400 times six, I don't know, 14000 plus the regular unemployment benefits. Let's just say you made twenty to $25,000 in the six Doing months. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. Yeah. I really hope. You didn't hope, have to drive your car. You didn't have to pay for gas. I really hope you took advantage of the time to just like sit down and and and, and figure out a game plan or something with that money just sitting there and put it to use. Yeah. Because I know a just, lot of people that didn't. Or even just, oh no, they didn't. You know? And <laughs> especially if they were the ones who took the whole 600 bucks and didn't have taxes taken out. Next that, year's gonna, gonna suck. hurt for you yeah. next year. It's gonna yeah. be bad. And I hope you had someone telling you to make sure you do that. You I don't know? think a lot of people know. I don't think a lot of people care. You know, I, if it's one thing I know, I work with a lot of youngsters at UPS. I work with a lot of motherfuckers. And they'll figure that, it out they later. They don't care. You know, it's like whatever. Oh, I'm driving now. You know, it's like I'm making 
these guys make money. You know, they're imagine being like 22 to 25, no kids. Most of these guys live with their mom. And I say guys, cause it's very rare that I see a, uh, a young lady that's driving and, and hustling the way these little dudes do. Cause mm-hmm. they, they don't give a shit. Like they'll take the 12, 14 hour shift and say, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. So they're making upwards of $2,000 a week. And they're like, they're just pissing it away. Sure. And I'm like, bro, like you got to figure that out. Cause I'm telling you, it's going to hurt next year. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck next year. There's no guarantee that you'll be doing this to this level next year. Yep. Put this money away. Yeah. Put this one dude did. Cause you also don't need it right now. No. Like there's nothing to do. One dude bought a house. He's That's like, awesome. yeah, he's like, bro, you know, you talk to me and, and I listen to you because like you actually, you know, I, I feel like you know what the fuck you're talking about. So he saved money. Some little Asian dude named Nick. And he said, I, I had a credit card for, I had a credit card for $1,500. I was like, oh, you little motherfucker. As so I was like, oh, wait, just wait 10 years and you have fucking grown up adult problems. 15000 yeah. He's like, $1,500 credit card. And it's been bothering me for like the last three years. I paid that off. I started saving money. And then... um. His parents co-signed him. He bought a fucking condo in East Lake, like a townhome, those three-story townhomes. It's a good townhomes. time to buy. And I was like, hell yeah, bro. Like, that's what you need to do. And then the other dude's like, dude, I just bought these new shoes. I just bought this fucking car. And I just tell him, I was like, bro, you ain't never going to move out to mom's probably house. Didn't, and they probably didn't even, like, pay for the car with cash. It's probably, oh, no, it's probably finance. And, yeah, it's, yeah, and their payments that are yeah, going to be more ridiculous. expensive in a year when they may not be making the same amount of money. They're paying $700 for a fucking truck, probably. That's too much. You know? And I'm like, oh. And it hurts me because I made those fuck-ups. You know, my, my mom, it was in finance. And, and I feel like she could have done a better job at teaching me how to manage my money. Or at the very least, school and college should have a course on how to manage your fucking finances. Because that's the one thing that's going to fuck you up forever. Yep. An STD will come and go. Yep. A broken heart will mend. Yep. All of those things, you know, full circle will be better. But if you fuck up your credit or you dig yourself in a financial hole, that could take decades. My to credit crawl is out not of. great, but I am of the opinion that you figure shit out. And yeah, no, okay. no, no, no. I feel you. For I but mean, I also have a giant asset, so like I don't know. Life's weird. It is, and it's <laughs> and it's all about finding balance. Yeah, you know, finding balance. But I'm telling you, if I was young, if I was young, I wouldn't make oh, the same mistakes. I did. Hell no. And I wish, you know, I didn't have a lot of people. Even though I have a huge family, I didn't have a lot of people saying, "What are you doing with this money? What are you doing with this?" So I wish I had figured out how to do that by myself. Like even now, wifey's always like, "What are you going to do with that?" What are we going to do with that? What's the plan with that? She's like, no, here, give it to me. This motherfucker Good. like t- Good. T- takes chunks of money. Good. And then she just opens accounts and puts them away. Puts Good. It away. And I was like, oh. I said I was gonna use. No. She's good I said for you. You, you don't need that. She's well, a let's, good let's woman. Save it for later. Good let's woman. Save it. And it's You're like, so lucky. Uh, in my 41 years of existence, or well, I've been with her. Ah, fuck, I can say 41 years because I've known her since I was like seven. It's like she she was the one. She's got my back. You know, like and I, you guys made beautiful children. Yeah, I so mean, I, think I don't you, know. I don't know if they're all mine. Somehow you left out. I think out. I, I, think I got are, a vasectomy and I can see it in their eye. No, I can see it in their eye. <laughs> it's just like with without Ollie's her. Ollie's pretty cute though. Uh, yeah, Ali's. He's my little stud. He's gonna be my athlete, my my actor. He's my everything. I know. I've seen he's him gonna, practicing. He's, he's, Social with, media, his sports. Without wifey, I told, I always tell her and I praise her. I said, nothing exists for me without you. Like if I didn't have this support, this anchor, this it's foundation true. at home, you don't give me the freedom to go out and be like, hmm, what can I do? Okay, let's do this. Grind, grind, make money. Let's try to make this. Okay, hmm, let's do that. Like I don't have that opportunity. If I was alone, I might not have the ambition to do it because I don't do know. so much cocaine. Oh, you think so? I... <laughs> I do think in so. my life I've done <laughs> cocaine maybe like twice. I've done coke like two or three times and I did meth once and meth because I thought it was coke 
and I snorted it. And my cousin is a piece of shit to this day because he still thinks it's hilarious. I didn't sleep for 72 hours, Karen. Woof. Karen. Woof. Woof. See? Now you know how to use that word. Oh, that's that, that that was in its perfect context. So all the listeners need to understand. <laughs> Steve's been trying to figure out how to use the word woof, woof in context. He thinks it's a white person a thing, side. which it kind of is. White people, anytime I'm online, it's like, oh, yada, yada, the worst thing, blah, blah, blah. Woof. And then like <laughs> and then I'll like ask you, say, yo. And then he'll send me a text message going, Tell me, tell me what woof means again. What the fuck and then he'll woof? try to use it in a sentence and he won't do it right. It's really cute. <laughs> Fucking crazy day, woof. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, no, that's not, that's not what you do. So yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I now feel like I know what woof means. You, Yeah. I mean, I just said it after nice. you said what you, yeah, Perfect. I think you got it. Yeah. Meth, I'll never do that. Never do that. Woof. Ever. Because that shit, I didn't sleep for like three days. I ran. I did sit-ups. I worked out. Everything that you can think of to go to sleep. Hell no. My heart was like begging to come out of my chest. It was a horrible feeling. Yeah. Now I like, if I smoke weed, like I'll take an edible or a gummy and I'll be chill. But if I, if I decide to sit down and, and smoke like a joint, ooh, I almost have like a flashback or PTSD to that moment of me. Really? Dude, my heart Depends starts, what it is, I it think. It just, uh, my heart just starts beating crazy and I start like over analyzing shit. So I, I started smoking weed when I was in high school and I stopped for a little bit. I had a boyfriend um, who didn't smoke weed in my twenties and I, didn't really smoke it then. And then um, I started again. And then my ex-husband didn't like me smoking it. So I didn't have it there. And then I started smoking again after him. What a follower. What? You. I'm just trying to keep peace in my homes. <laughs> That's all. Which really, I probably should have just kept smoking and I would have had I, peace. I was the jerk that didn't smoke at all. At all. And then wifey came along with her Chiba puffing ways and was always smoking. I was like, bro. If we're if you're gonna be smoking, I don't know if I can be with you. You know, because I was a little soccer athlete and oh that's so cute. Yeah, and I was like, I I can't. And she stopped smoking. And then we got married and then we started smoking a lot. Copious amounts of weed. Like and now a you have shit three ton. beautiful children. Now we have three kids. They're all stoner babies. One is for sure, and I see the effects. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I feel like I've learned, you know, I turned 40 this year also. And I feel like I've learned. I know, right? COVID 40. COVID 40, So I bro. feel like um, I've learned what I like and what I don't like, mm. you know? Like what makes me just laugh and giggle and what puts me to sleep. And, you know, I don't want the paranoid shit. Ah. Who wants that? One Who of wants our sponsors, to feel like that? One of our sponsors here at the podcast is the Balboa Avenue Collective. And they... They'll they'll ship me like little uh, goodie Should I bags. Should go there today? Yes, if you, they have all the good shit. They have all I the need good shit. Edibles. I, they have, uh, you know. Okay, for me, I'm a weenie. I'm a legit weenie, and I have five milligram like Altoid style mints. I'll pop one of those. I'm ready. You know, it's like then thirty minutes later because I, I feel like those get into my system quicker. I'll get to my destination. Either I get to work and I pop one in. I'm like, all right. I'm here for six, eight hours. Let's get it done. I'll rip through like seven <laughs> fucking podcasts. Life is good. If I decide to smoke, oh no, I can't function. I just think it depends what it is. I don't. There's this little I product a, called mini tokes or little tokes. And they're like the size of the half, half a joint. Yeah, yeah. Those work. Like I, I've had those and I've gone into the kitchen. Those are um, good for camping too. For camping? Yeah. Because you know when you're with a group of people. And you pass a joint around, which sounds completely unsanitary during COVID, but you pass a joint around and then it gets to everybody gets so stoned and they can't finish it. And you have that stupid little roach. This is like the perfect because you can pass that around maybe twice and then it's gone and you're good. Pothead Karen. I know. Look at you. I've learned so much in 40 what years. What would your mother say? 
Do your parents? Does your mom like know that you're a pothead? Um, I've hinted at it. Well, you hint she, at it. Well, she's caught. She caught me in high school, so she um she found my bong a couple times. Um, I remember I threw a party when they were out of town one time, and uh, somebody's like little pipe had broken. And it broke like in the backyard and they just threw it in a bush or something. And my mom found it. And I remember coming home from work. I worked a graveyard ship for a um, retirement community. And I came home and she's like, I found smoking glass in the yard. And I'm like, and I remember just being like annoyed. Like, what does that even mean, mom? Smoking (laughs) glass. Like, what does that even mean? And she like described it. I'm like, oh, that's my pipe. (laughs) I was like, I was wondering what happened to that. So she was not thrilled. But, you know, I think she's done some CBD products in the last couple of years and she's not open to it. She still thinks it's drugs, but um, we had a conversation recently where I said it's legal now. And she's like, well, I'm like, people die more from alcohol than they do from marijuana. This is true. And she shut up. And I was like, so anyway, I'm coming over on Tuesday. You say you need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just change it because she knows I'm responsible. She knows I'm a good person. And it's like, don't judge me because I do that. Because there's so many other people. Judge me for this. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, but there's so many other people in the world that, you know, are really fucking their life up from yeah. alcohol or other drugs. And it's like. Make me feel bad. I run a brewery and a fucking bar. Well, so do I. Yeah. I mean, not a brewery, but a bar. But like weed is so mellow, in my opinion. You can pretend it's a gateway drug. But I've never seen anybody wild out on weed to the point where they want to. Hey, let's get up and fuck shit up. It's like, yeah, bro. What? No. We're smoking. Like, that's not going to happen. I've I made- mean, I get silly. I get the giggles. There's a. um. There's a joint called um, Grateful Dave okay. that I love. Um, what is, who's the company? It's like Bare Roots or something like that is the company. I can't remember. Um, and I just will giggle my ass off. And I love it. Like, that's the high I want. I want the silly high. I want the forget everything in the world and just be mellow, you know? And, like, I want the high that doesn't make me eat a pound of, like, snacks. Just, like, mellow out. I want the high that doesn't make me hyper attentive to every task that I have to complete at the brewery, at the bar, or at home. You know, it's like, I want, I don't want that weed. I can't work stoned. I, I, I don't want that weed. I oh, can't no. work stoned. Yeah, I, mean, it, I used to hard. waitress, I used to try to waitress stoned and I couldn't do You're it. You're in the public eye. And I hate it. Well, this is like years ago, mm. like when I was younger. I couldn't waitress stoned and I was like, I can't do this. Mm. Like, what if I like drop soup on someone? Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this, you know? Um, and now as an adult, I mean, well, I was an adult then, but now as an older person, as an Nick, elderly a person, boomer. a middle-aged. A boomer. <laughs> no, we're, we're middle-aged. Are we middle-aged? When do you think you're going to die? 97. Well, you're, then you're encroaching on middle-aged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think 97? Yes. Why do you think that? I, I graduated from high school in 97 and I was born in, <laughs> and I was Sorry. born in 1979. So there are the inverted numbers of each other. Uh, are your grandparents still alive? One, my grandma, she's 90. Grandfa- no, tell me grandfathers. No. I don't think grandmothers count. No, why not? My Cause abuelita. Because you're, you're a dude. She's my abuelita. What you yeah, want Yeah, but you're you? a dude. Your your body runs differently. I'm an abuelita's baby, though. How did your, that doesn't matter. How did your, how old were your grandfathers? Uh, Abuelitos. In their 70s, 80s, 70s. That's, that's me. you think you're going to make it to 90s? Yeah, for sure. Tell me I can't. Well, That's the should, worst thing you, you can fucking tell me, Karen. Like, you should start feeling like you're middle-aged mm. right now. Because I middle-aged don't. means Here's the thing. you're going to die at 80. I feel... And if your grandfathers all died before 80, uh-huh. you better you think so? straighten up and fly right, bro. Look it. My dad at 40 was way different than me at 40. You know? Like, I, I look at my pops and pictures and videos or whatever of him at 40. I'm way different than my daddy at 40. Like, you mean, like, health-wise? Health-wise, just like... I've, 
I'm How do active. you know? I'm well, he's my dad, Karen. I grew up with him. Like I I know. But you know like what he was eating and drinking? No, I just I just just by I the eye factor. For me, the eye factor is always going to be there. You have attractive parents. Duh, look at me, motherfucker. They both are attractive. Um, it's just one of those things where I know I take care of myself. I know I'm super active. I know I've seen people from my graduating class in high school or other dudes that I went to school with, you know, and it's like I look at them like, God damn. Yeah, but they like, have different. Happened, but know? they have different um, DNA. Like, okay. They're gonna be. They're gonna. I'm not gonna let you take my shine away, Karen. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I know. I just think you need to take it a little bit more seriously. That we are now entering a middle age. Oh no, I'm I'm fully on board with it. I'm just my saying. My mom's 84, mm-hmm. and my her mom died when she was in her 90s, and then my other grandma died in the late 80s. I think you have to go by gender. Yeah. I don't think you can go by. I don't think we're in that era anymore, Karen. All right. We don't. There's no gender bias anymore. My abuelita's in her 90s, and I'm sticking to that. All right. <laughs> you were talking. What age did she get her vasectomy? Damn. You got to be dirty like that. <laughs> um, you were talking. I was asking you about if you, your mama knows about you being a pothead. I made my mom cry twice in my life. Um, oh, I definitely made my I think I, yeah. made, I might be the only one. No, I'm not the only one. You're the youngest of like 17, right? Of 10. You're like a Mexican family. Yeah, I, 10. I remember my mom crying with my oldest brother, the oldest of 10, eloped in Vegas. Hmm? I remember her crying and going like, why is mom crying? And like, I was probably like four or something and not understanding why my mom was crying. And then I definitely made her cry when I was in high school. I was not a good kid. No. I just, and I wasn't bad by like social standards, just by theirs. I snuck just, out. I just stole, an asshole. I stole the car one night when I was 15. Didn't know how to drive. I just decided I would. Things white people because do. Because two of my friends, um, we're at a party and we're drunk and didn't have a ride home. And I told them, don't drive because you're drunk. I'll come get you. And then my dad, like I got pulled over because <laughs> I picked the, I picked the two guys up and you got pulled um, over. <laughs> yeah, I got pulled over. I don't even know what time it was. I want to say middle of the night, but I honestly don't. It could have been like midnight or something. I get pulled over because my friend was in the front seat. My friend Alfonso was in the back and who was what was his name? I don't remember the kid's name in the front. Anyway, but pulled over because he was playing with the radio and I was like, don't do that. And so I'm like swerving, swerving. So I get pulled over and I'm like, I drove them home because they were drunk. Well, where's your license? I don't have one. So they called my mom my, said I could. So they called the cop. I mean, so they called my parents. And I remember my dad drove home one of the kids and yelled at him the whole way. Didn't even know them. And then, um, or maybe he drove home both of them, and my mom drove me home, and then I had to sit at the dining room table. Were they mad at you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you did the right thing. I was 15 with no license. I could have killed myself. And my dad sold insurance. Oh, <laughs> so, Lord. So, like, that's... that was, like, our family business. So, the fact that, like, I was so... You thumbed your nose at the family business. Yeah, it was not good. That was not good. I was in big, big, big trouble for that one. I was eight years old. I w- and I was allowed to play on the block and I was allowed to play until the, the lights went on on the fucking the light post or whatever and one time I went with the neighbor and we went skating everywhere like I left the block we were in the 7-Eleven like fucking parking lot it was dark and they were looking for me and I come back skate into the house like where were you blah 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 blah, blah. And were, my mom was crying and she was spanking me and I was like why are you crying spanking me wait how old were you? like 7, 8 oh I was little you know I was a little guy that's like sunny leaving and if Sonny like did that shit right now I would lose my mind I'd be like what the f- 
what are you doing, bro? Like, you're not allowed to leave the yard, you know, let alone go outside. And, and then I think one times were different back then. I was, a, I feel like I was allowed to do anything. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, I probably had to check in. You were the youngest of like 37 kids, bro. I know. So it's like, but yeah. I feel like I just had <laughs> to check in. They probably didn't even know you were there. I'd be home for dinner. <sighs> and I think like that kind of autonomy led me into high school where I was like, I do what I want. I sneak out. I do what I want. That led me to do the complete opposite of that. I was like, oh, I didn't like my mom crying while she was spanking me. Like for me, it just made me like be super, super duper like square and, and color Respectful. within the lines. And, you know, and then I, I remember I was 17 turning 18 and I have some some checkered uh, cousins. Some my cousins have some checkered pass and and whatever they would ask me to, like if I could help them with certain things and I did. And my cousin gave me like a a, a brick of weed. <laughs> and thinking back now, I'm like what a fucking like moron. a brick? Yeah, dude, it was like a brick of weed. And then it was How long did you gave that away. No, I don't you know. Couldn't have smoked that whole thing. It wasn't for me. And that was the whole thing. I was just holding it for him. Say, hold on to this. Boom. Like, can you hold on uh, to this? I'll come and pick it up. And I say, yeah, cool, whatever. And I left it on my desk, not giving a shit because it's like. It's not mine, so I felt like maybe the oh, like out in the open, yeah, like you didn't in, even hide it. No, I left it in my room, in the room, in my room, on my desk, just kind of there. It's like it's not fucking mine. I'm not gonna get in trouble for oh it. Oh my you know, god, it's, you're it's so not mine. dumb. Yeah, duh. And then um, I I was I was gonna turn 18, and I just remember my mom and I. Somebody had gotten me for my 18th birthday those Adidas hats, but not Adidas. It was like a fucking chronic leaf, and it's a. I, I remember that. I don't even know what it said on it, but it was like that Snoop Dogg fucking hat made of hemp. And they got me, and I was wearing that. And my mom, on my fucking birthday, like, <laughs> finds that, uh, like, a fucking brick of weed in my room. And she's, like, crying. And rah, rah, rah. That's and a then, lot of weed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of weed, which for me was, like, you know, it's a ridiculous amount. It's obviously amount. not yeah, mine. It's not mine. Like, I've never smoked. <laughs> it's a shit. It's, like, fucking a Chapo Guzman size of weed. <laughs> the fuck am I going to do with There's this? There's a hole under your yeah, bed. Yeah, and it's, like, it's a tunnel leading into where I'm putting the fucking weed into. It's not mine. But my mom's, like, oh, I'm so disappointed pointed in you yeah. and then i was like for what i was like that's not mine she's like no i don't believe you it's like that's not mine and i was like i'm holding it i'm it, i'm not gonna smoke it it's like uh, i'm gonna give it to somebody else it's 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 not mine like like and now thinking back like i was stupid ass like yeah. ignorant you know it's like i was holding it to give it to somebody else and like if my kids any one of my kids said dude it's not mine it's like motherfucker it's here it's on your desk it's yours and it's like I get it now, but yeah. I was, my mom got super buttered with me Aww. and I was like, I don't smoke. Like, I, I assure you, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I barely drink. I don't smoke. I'm going to turn 18. I'm going to start like dabbing in the hooker like phase of my life. But that's about, <laughs> that's about it. You know, you've never had a hooker. No, I haven't. No, I've been to, um, I've been to HK once. HK oh, is Hong a, Kong. yeah. I yeah, know, yeah. Oh, I know Hong Kong. Oh, you've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Hong Kong. No, oh, look at you. Yeah, yeah I've been to it's HK a dirty once. Dirty little foam party in the back there. In, oh Lord, I've you ever been to go, foam party no, night? Gross, no, no. real gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> it sounds nasty. It's an HK and it's a foam party. No, we went in there yeah. and we hung out. Foam parties were gross anyway, but yeah, we were little. I mean, we used to go to TJ all the time. Imagine going to TJ now, like as a kid. It's. I don't think that. <sighs> I don't think it's as safe now as it was. I never went when I was a kid. I didn't go until I was in, like 18 or something. One of my good friends when we were younger, John, we we went to school together. We were in a band together. We played soccer together. I learned from his family that white people put bread in freezers. I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot from John. And um, he would use me as a scapegoat. Like he would come down from college and go to TJ and party with his friends. Mm -hmm. And his dad would fucking call me. Where's my son? I said, sir, it's two in the morning. 
I suggest you don't call me and yell at me. Your son's not with me. Like for one. So, but we would go to TJ all the time and it was super safe. We would go to Cactus Club and we would get like, we would take $20 each. And that's how you know we're old. We would take $20 each and we'd get a bucket of 10 little coronitas and 10 little Dixie cup of shots. Sure. You know, each. Sure. And we'd bah, 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 put them down. You can't do that shit right now. Like, I feel if my kids were of age to go down there, I'd be like, bro, whatever what do they you do. do now? I don't know. I'd be like, whatever you do, don't go down there. Like, don't. Really? Yeah. Like right now during coronavirus or in general? I think in general. Really? I, yeah, I feel like it's super dangerous right now down there. You know, I've then, heard that from a few people. And usually I call bullshit on that because... It's usually people who are paranoid that wouldn't go anyway. Nah. But I've heard I've actually heard it's pretty bad. Um, if you if you live down there and you know where you're going and you know what you're doing, you're obviously it's just but another day. But you think day. the touristy stuff uh, just, is not the touristy good. stuff is more shady now because you can end up in a certain part of town where it's fucking wars, you know, and like you don't want to get involved in the, that. I I don't know when it was, but I was there. I don't know within. God, when was that? I want to say it was within the last ten years. Well, yeah, you white people love going the, to TJ and Ensenada right now. You guys are all about that shit. I'm more of a Valle girl Gentrification. Now. <clears throat> I'm old, mm. so I'm a Valle girl. <laughs> um, but I was never really into like the whole party scene in TJ. It it always did seem too sketchy. Um, just because it it didn't seem like there were laws. Mm. Like it just seemed like anything could. Well, if you were a white dude, you can get away with anything. That's why I enjoyed going with John because. I felt like Why? We, we wouldn't get in trouble. I feel like white dudes would be the ones that get arrested. We would fucking, we were drunk, dude. Like walking back over the bridge and, and getting into the line and crossing the board. We were like, but I was with John. So he was like my get out of jail free that card. That sounds crazy because yeah. there, I know so many people that had like guns in their head from people. Well, that's when the Mexican me comes in. Like no one's going to fuck with us like that because I'm Mexican, but no one's going to fuck with him because he's a white guy. Maybe. So I feel like we were like a perfect little tandem. It's like, ah, fucking I'm trying to tourists. think where, which club I was at, but it was like during Zools. the- no. Animal. What's Ooh. the zebra one? Animal? Club Animal? That's the one that had like a big old slide in the middle. No. No, you didn't one. go <laughs> Oh, you but, laugh at that, but, but you went, went to the fucking phone party in the back room of I'm not saying that I didn't HK. go there. I'm just saying that I, that wasn't the one. But <laughs> we were dancing and I put my drink down. And I remember an Ooh, older Mexican couple damn. came up to me like a sweet. They were probably in their 60s. And they, they were like. They roofied you. They said, don't drink that. We saw some guy put something in it. And I was like, thanks. I could barely drink Drink this, (laughs) but I could barely even understand what they were saying to me. I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Don't drink that. Okay. Cause I was drunk and I just put it down and I was like, (laughs) but thankful because they saw the innocence in your eye. (laughs) I mean, they saw what they wanted to see, but (laughs) I'm glad they saw that. It's And for me, my biggest fear now is having kids. The biggest pleasure and joy and fulfillment and everything is having children. Yeah. But my biggest fear is having fucking children. I was just looking at baby pictures today. Mm-hmm. Not my own, but um, I was scrolling through Instagram and Creeper. I stumbled upon some like cute baby account where it was all like babies doing cute People things. People do you know? That you no, know? just like random. Bro, that's kind of creepy. Kinda. No, it's not. It's the social media. And I was like, do I want a kid? Because I'm 40, single. And I only have, I mean, if I have any years left, it's now. Mm. And I'm like, do I want kids? So like that's in my head right now. Is it right now? Oh, cool. cool. I always wanted kids, but the ex-husband fucked that up. So now I'm like, are you still with your (laughs) ex-husband? Thank God. So how did thank God not through this (laughs) pandemic? Good God. One of us would be dead. Here's the thing for sure. If there's anything I know about like this pandemic, if I was still with my ex-husband, which I'm not even afraid to say on this fucking podcast, I'm so glad I was not locked up in a pandemic because one of us would surely be dead. 
How many relationships do you think are like that right now? A lot. Because there's a, there's a, like for every like happy relationship. Oh, I'm so happy that we get to spend all of this there's time together. Of, there's a lot of abuse in you know, this it's country. Like, oh and it's, it's, um, it's pretty scary oh. to be honest with you. I mean, I have a lot of family who's in education and um, they're fearful for like their own students who, um, if they don't show up to their Zoom or yeah, Zoom class, I want to say Zumba. If they don't show up to their, <laughs> they don't show up to their Zoom class, they worry about what's happening, you know, uh, in the home. Um, so that's scary. Um, but also, you know, from my standpoint, I I think about women who are in abusive relationships, and I worry about being in that pandemic and having no outlet. So um, I've always been pretty vocal about domestic violence and things like that, and I'm not afraid to talk Good. about it because um, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if I had known more about it, I would have seen the warning signs a little bit earlier. Um, but did I you have, have people that try to help you when you were in that situation? I had um, some friends who were actually friends of his that weren't. Um, they just became my friends that one of them said to me, like, is this happening? Because this this is a this has happened before in other relationships. And I lied and said no. Mm. So um it's definitely something very much. It's a pride thing. You don't want to admit to that. You can't handle a situation or that you're weak. I got this. Yeah. It, it was pretty hard. I mean, but, but through that relationship, I was really trying to help him reform. I was trying to help him find help and, and support that. Um, and obviously there were dark days where I was angry and I wasn't the person he needed in those moments. Um, Cause I'd be like, what are you gonna do? Hit me. You know? So I definitely, had those moments where I'm me, I'm Karen. And I just stood up and said, not today, fucker, (laughs) you know, but, um, but there's, there's women out there that, um, it's scary or in men, it's not just a, it's not just a, the men is the abuser thing. Women can definitely be abusers, but it's, you know, I think about that a lot through the pandemic about people who are stuck in those situations. And sometimes that's financial, you know, sometimes that's, you don't have family to go to or yeah. you don't you're you don't have control of the finances. You maybe you don't have a debit card that you can just go swipe and get out of there. Um and even if you do, what are you gonna do after that? So but if you don't, fuck, I feel like that's the number one tell it's sign. Tricky. It's like, geez, wait, I don't have access to my own money. It's, like what's going on here? That was not a problem for me, but um but definitely it, it could have, I mean, for me, it could have been a situation where, I, you know, there's a paper trail for that because people use less cash these days. But um, that wasn't a, that wasn't really a problem for me. But um, cash is gone. I worry about people. As you should. It's a, it's a, I mean, that's a scary situation. And when we were talking about the pandemic and um, how it gets into your head and there's that depression, I honestly can't even imagine. I got I was suicidal in my marriage. And I was suicidal after my marriage. And it, a lot of that had to do with, with the um, games, the mental games that were being played. And, uh, you know, that's, it's a scary thing. But look at you, you watch now. the world. Well, yeah, but you watch the world like burning down. Everything's the president's fine. crazy. Everything's there's, fine. You know, there's terror, you know, there's um, social injustice, social injustice. There's um, what am I trying to say? Domestic terror. Mm. There's people in our streets fighting, you know, for pawns for a, a bad cause. Yeah. Yeah. They're fighting for white, white supremacy, yeah. which is terrifying to me. It's terrifying to live in this day and age and to be, and to know that there's white people out there that still think they are a superior race. That is mind blowing to me. And anybody uh, who is white right now that is not talking about this, that is not um, doing something 
doing something on any level, even if it's tiny, is, you know, they're a part of the problem. We all have to be together. We all have to stand together and say, no more of this shit, because it is bullshit. I was listening to, I don't know what I was, some podcast or some sort of audio file. I'm sweating. Good. It's hot in here. Um, <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're getting some truths out. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're sweating. Um, and they were saying currently right now, it's a white civil war. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And then I started thinking about it. I was like, it, yeah. That's actually kind of like, true. That makes sense. Like right now, the most vocal, the most um, proactive people, the people who are doing to push the, the, the needle in the right direction, hopefully, are the white people. Well, that's sad because it shouldn't, it should take all of us as a community, but it has to take white people. It has to, because otherwise it's just more, you know, it's just more opposition between races. It has to take white people to say enough white supremacy. Like we are the same. You, you, you just can't do this anymore. It's, it's ridiculous. It was never okay then, and it's extremely outdated now. I feel that, yeah, well, the fuck, we can blame the pandemic for all of the good and all of the bad that's happened. I know. Because it's given us enough time to just marinate. Yeah. Think, watch, observe, actually break things down, break things down and like, is this right? Is this, is this what but I want from my anybody that kid? wants to say like, you know, the looters or the rioters, um, that is such a mixed bag of people that are are alt-right that are trying to make it look bad but then also people that are just taking advantage of the situation so it can't they can't be in the same sentence as this revolution that we're all pushing towards you know it just can't be the same what's the end game that we actually change the way the systems run that what we if act- it doesn't you can't think like that. No, I know, but what if it doesn't? That's well, a, that's a plausible. Okay, but that what if it doesn't is an open ended thing. You know, this could take years and mm-hmm. years and years. Look how far we are right now. Yeah, it's probably going to take a long time. But like, the more I see, the more like police shoot. And and let me just say, I am not a a cab. All all cops are bad person. I'm not that person. Um, I understand where people are coming from when they say that because I understand that that is about the systemic racism in which um, those constructs are built and, and I, t- and they're how they're trained. And I totally get all that. And I respect that view, except I, I just truly know some good people who are in the, who are on the police force in different cities, not San Diego necessarily that I know are not racist. I just, I just know that they aren't. Um, they may have been trained that way, but that doesn't mean that that's what, how they're acting. So I just truly feel like we're in a position where like, let's take the guns away. They don't need to have guns to keep the peace. You ju- you just don't. And I think as soon as we start disarming in that way, you can still have your SWAT team when you need them, right? They show up every time it's gone too far, right? You have your SWAT team, but you don't need police with guns on every day on the streets. You just don't. The more logical, um, Tasers okay. Tasers are good. Batons <laughs> the, are okay. The more logical. Uh, I mean, explanation. not a, not every time, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I've guns, heard is guns for, are um, fatal. You know, having licensed people who are experts in the field of diffusing diffusing a situation. Like if somebody's feeling suicidal or if somebody's suffering from sort of some mental health issue, and you call the police and you come over and you have them diffuse the situation. I feel like maybe they're not fully equipped to handle that situation. I feel like, you know, when people say defund the yeah. police, it's like, okay, we're not taking their money away. We're not taking this away. We're not taking it's like maybe some of instead of like purchasing a fucking tank, 
for the police academy of a small town. How about we allocate those funds to having a, know, a psychiatrist on yeah. board or just like a negotiator type person, somebody that knows how to talk well, to somebody. I know that they're you know? there, but I don't know how often i don't know how many people are there you know for the city because i have friends right? that are police officers we've had we had one of our friends david oils come in uh, the chula vista police sergeant and cool dude you know you we they, we were very transparent with him it's like bro we're just you know malcontent with the way shit is right now yeah it's not working you know fortunately knock on wood in chula vista we don't have too much of that you know i can feel com- comfortable walking with my kids up and down the street any hour of the day and know that I'm not going to get harassed or fucked with, you know, but unfortunately that doesn't exist everywhere. Do you think that there's an issue beyond, um, beyond black people? Yes. Oh, cause before, no matter where you go, no, no, like in the country. Okay. okay no, no. I can only speak to here in the South Bay. Okay. Cause, um, but you travel a lot. Yeah, but I don't see that shit. Have you felt I that? I see racism when we travel. I don't really see, we went to, okay. The, the best example I have is uh, my best friends and I last Two years ago, we went to Ireland. We went to Dublin for a few days. And there was no coppers, bro. Zero. There was no police like presence. Everybody, obviously, you're in Dublin. Everyone's I eating. I never saw cops in Ireland. E- you're eating like a champion. You're drinking. You're wasted. Yeah, you're drinking like royalty. Everyone's super nice. Everyone's loud, belligerent, having the blast. Not one police officer. Not one anything. We're hanging out. We're drinking, and we just talked. We made friends. You know, that's what we do. We're we're Mexican dudes traveling in fucking in Ireland. People wanted to talk to us. People wanted to buy us drinks. So we yeah. started talking. We asked questions. We're like, "Hey, where's the police?" We're like, we don't see any like security. Oh, and I'm not even going to try an Irish accent. But they were like, <laughs> "I'm I'm actually a, I, of Irish heritage, mm-hmm. and I'm awful at it. So like, I wouldn't even I wouldn't either. even fucking try. I'm awful. But they were like, you know what? We don't need them here." We take care of our own. If somebody gets out of line, it's our responsibility to get them back in line. Yeah. And if they don't get in line, we take them home. You know, we take we take our own trash out. And I connected the dots of being like, okay, so they take care of the idiots. So there's no need for somebody else to come in and enforce yeah. those laws. So I just feel like, you know, police have been, um, they're tasked with too many hats. Yeah. And you they know they don't get paid enough. They don't need to be. <laughs> Well, some of them do. Yeah. But you don't need to be, you know, the traffic sergeant. You don't need to be conducting traffic. You don't need to go, you know, make sure that someone filled out their insurance paperwork correctly. Like, that's not necessary. That's that's not what you should be doing, you know? Yeah, you're not a marriage counselor. You know, you're you're not there for protective services. You yeah, don't you, you don't know, go to somebody's tr- that's a tricky one. Yeah. Um I feel if you're gonna go out for domestic violence to diffuse that situation, you better have somebody who has a field, a background in that field and knows how to approach that situation. Cause you can escalate that thing and it can, it can so, go sideways. Let's go here. Ooh. I've had a couple of beers. Um, my ex-husband was arrested for beating me up in our driveway. Um, it was bad. Um, it was a situation where I had been drinking. Actually, we both have been drinking and um, it, escalated the neighbors called the cops on us as they had done many times this is a real bring it home podcast Jesus today Christ, you had one beer karen two <laughs> kind of two you might have to give me another one um and uh my face was completely beaten up i didn't know what i looked like and um i had they had already had already put him in the car and then said to me um you know do you want to press charges and i i was saying it wasn't his fault I was a loyal wife. This is not his fault. You need to be arresting me. I'm the abuser. 
Um, I said all the things and they laughed. They basically laughed at me. I remember standing on my doorstep saying that and they were just shaking their heads. And um, I was adamant because I'm, I'm me. I'm loud and I'm, you know, when I want to be right, I want to be right. <laughs> so I was playing that role. And um, I was like, no, it's not my fault. And they're like, have you seen yourself? And I was like, it doesn't matter. You know, and then, you know, I finally did see myself later and I was like, fuck. So that was, you know, different. But um, they, ha they have to assess what's going on. But there was also another situation where the neighbors called the cops because there was noise coming from our home which was usually an argument and some sort of violence. But on one particular night, it was because um, our dogs had destroyed our living room and there was a pillow that had gotten shredded and there were feathers everywhere. And I came home, we, we were at a second Saturday at Hamilton's actually, and I came home, well, we both came home at the same time, and I remember yelling at the dogs pretty loud and putting the dogs outside and shutting the door and I was cleaning up feathers and I'm drunk and I, all I want to do is eat my Mexican food and I'm cleaning up feathers and um, police come to the door and I, and they said, you know, we had a domestic violence call and I remember, you know, I'm drunk and I remember laughing like, are you fucking kidding me? Like in my head, I'm like of all the nights that we've had like actual violence in this home tonight when my house, my home is covered in feathers, like tonight's the night you come and you know, I was an asshole. I was a complete asshole to the cops. And they did a thorough, you know, talk to my husband, talk to me, looked at the house. And I'm like, see those feathers? It's because of dogs, you know? And it, um, I think that there should be police for those kind of scenarios. It's not a pretty scenario. Um, but there needs to be someone who comes into your home and assesses what's going on. And you don't know how violent it's going to be. You don't know if there's a gun in the house and we did have guns in our home. And so you don't, you don't know what you're walking into. So you do want someone that's not just a counselor walking into those scenarios. You do want someone that has the training to deal with violence. Maybe a plus one. What? Like a plus one. It's the police and maybe a social worker. But I mean, somebody but that like, adds to a payroll of yeah. just having someone sitting in a, you know, station somewhere just waiting for, it seems like there's going to be a lot of need for that position though. I don't know. You know, it seems like that's something that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. This is a, this, a, there's got to be a, a better way to handle these. You know, there's just got to be a better well, I, way. I definitely don't think that cops need guns. I don't think they need to have them. Or they don't, at least they don't need to have them on them, on their bodies. It shouldn't be their first go-to to dissolve a situation. You know, you look at some of these um, cases that have been so uh, loud in the news lately of like, you know, the one guy who in Kenosha who was walking away and got shot in the back. He wasn't armed. You know, you, the people that are sleeping at home in their beds, they weren't armed. Um, you know, some of these situations are just ridiculous that nobody should have ever been shot at. And if they didn't have those guns on them, that wouldn't have happened. And that's sad. And then, you know, you do look at the comparison of people who have killed a lot of people, whether it's a, whether it's bombs or whether it's guns. And they're white people and they just get arrested. You Sometimes know? they get fast food dinners before they yeah, go to jail. Yeah, that one was bullshit. And it's like, how can this be... How can how can this whole organization be so blind to that injustice? It's absolutely unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable. And even even so much as to fund like the fucking ghetto birds, you know, that fly over us. Those don't need to be launched. Damn, every... Look at you. Your Escondido is showing. Well, I had one yell at me one time. <laughs> there was a party in a backyard in Escondido one time and I was so stoned and my friend got jumped 
at this party. She went to a different high school, but she'd been running her mouth or something. And she had finally gotten jumped for just kind of being a shitty girl. And, um, I got knocked out of the way because I was trying to protect her, but I was also super stoned and uh, I got knocked out of the way. And so all I knew to do was go back to the car, like go back to where we're from because I couldn't find her. She got, she was in the middle of a pit and I was like, I'm not getting in there. Like you, you, you made your bed, (laughs) but also like I'm too high for this shit. Like I'm not a violent person. So I'm like, I'm not getting in this fight. So I went back to the car and ghetto bird was going around in Escondido and put a spotlight on me. On the car I was at. Ma'am, you with the potato salad with the raisins, <laughs> come out of the car. <laughs> Not that light. But they were just like, please step away from the vehicle. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. You know, I'm like terrified. But like, that's how much money did they just spend to put a helicopter over a teenage house party? Mm. So stupid. What a waste of money. What an absolute waste of money. It's a crazy time, Karen. Dude, we talked about. Well, that about was like 1996 it, or something. So, Seven, fuck. probably. So it's that's such a small time period, dude. Slavery existed less than 100 okay, years right, ago. Okay, you're right. You're right. That's you a know, great like, perspective. I, I'm yes, like on the time frame correct. of line and the chronological time frame of life. Yeah, you're right. That's a big everything thing. is new. Everything is fresh. Everything is fresh band aid ripped off of a wound. You know, like yeah. it, it's all just right. there. This isn't things that are happening now aren't just like all of a sudden happening now. Well, it's like, know, it's been happening and it's like coming to a boil over and it's like, okay, here. So I think what some of this comes down to, and this is an absolute like guess in my mind is that we, I think we need younger people in office to help guide our communities. And they need to be people who have recently experienced life. Like think like situations like we're talking about. Not career politicians who are primarily white, who are now in their 60s and 70s, deciding that, no, the police force is fine. No, the way we handle abortion is fine. No, the way we blah, 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 or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need younger people who help who help change the way cult, culture is going. I feel like politics are always behind what culture is pushing for. You know, and yeah. we need younger people. I just got to look at who's holding the reins of politics. And that's it. It's like always said, old men. Yeah, so it's it's like, always old white men. And, people who are reluctant to change. And the reason change. why they do so well is because there's so much money in their pockets. So much money in their pockets. We've talked about it's it gross. all, Karen. What else do you want to talk about? We didn't really talk about your vasectomy. My vasectomy? Oh, it's healed. I'm good. I'm ready to party. I went back to work. I'm at UPS. I'm picking up boxes. I'm moving things. It's like it never happened. It I'm was easy, of honestly. Of, of the of all of the things that um, I could have done, a vasectomy was super duper easy. No, no complaints. I'm proud of you. Why? Are you sure you don't want more kids? We talked about. I was a little. Can you like, do a reverse vasectomy? You can. Yeah, and, and I told wife. I said, "Hey, I still have um, 30 bullets what left actually, in my chamber." What actually is a vasectomy? Uh, the what vas deferens. What do they snip off? The vas deferen line. So where the, I don't know what that's that is. where the sperm comes out of Karen. I well, <laughs> well, there's two areas. That's not where it comes out for me. So <laughs> well, there's two areas, and they just they what did they singed? That's the word. The doctor singed it, and he pinched it off, and that was it. It was quick. It so was it's easy. almost like welding your sack closed. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Fifteen minutes per side, game set match. Interesting. Yeah, 
The, the, the most so what d- happens when you go to have sex and you ejaculate? I'll tell you as soon as that happens, I guess. Oh, you? Oh, it's been a while, huh? <laughs> so you don't. I'm even, under strict doctor's orders not to. But like, what is your body doing? It's gonna try to pull from that. No. It, the from what I've read and from what I, I needed to read is that the sperm absorbs naturally back into your body and dissipates. Weird. Normal, apparently. That's so weird. So now instead of and everything else is the same. Everything else is the complete same. I'm hoping, you know, <laughs> I'm really hoping. But yeah, so the doctor said that the one thing that I should worry about is uh, my testicles swelling or like internal bleeding. But fortunately, I am a week and a half removed from it and everything's been cool. Was it painful? Not at all, dude. Really? Like not even a little. Like I just think it's one of those macho Because it's point inside. Of views. Mine was called a scalpelus. So it's like. There was a little incision, and then he singed, and then he sewed. Incision, he felt to where that vas deferens. Is it like the, uh, my, what's it called? Like microscopic, like my, my cro- what's it? What's that no. word? You're asking, my cross- you're my, asking a Mexican? My, microscopy? My Sharona? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, but okay. Uh, it was easy. The, the hardest part about all this is that the nurse was beautiful. That was it. And she came in. She's like, I need you to take off all your clothes. And I was like, everything? She's like, bro, I'm married with the kids. Take it all off. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and I kept my hat on because I haven't cut my hair and I'm growing in. And so I said, my hair's in an awkward Did you shape. have your mustache? No, thank God. Were you, the mustache So grew. you weren't just like a total creep? No, my mustache, I hadn't shaved it. I, I grew it that day. Yeah. Because I, I went, I shaved and everything. And I said, I'm growing a vasectomy stash. I'm not going to shave it. I don't know. I shaved it this morning. It was time. But... <laughs> It was just weird. There was, there was everything the stash. <laughs> the sick the stash. There was, it's been easy. The best part, I took a week off, a week off from work. Um, I got to just hang out at the pad with the boys. Um, I took a couple unnecessary shots to the groin for my little one because he doesn't know any better. Daddy, your penis from hurts. Ollie? Yeah, yeah. He's like, your penis hurts. I'm like, yeah, dude. It hurts. And, you're and they punch you in it. Yeah, like on accident. He's but so still. cute. And then it's you know, and then just knowing what wifey was going to go through if it, she wouldn't have like I wouldn't have had her tie her tubes or get on birth control or stuff like, cause there's you motherfuckers go through there's a lot. There's probably more Karen. complications oh, with that than there is for no you. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, ours is just kind of like a mentality. It's like, I'm not fucking with that. I'm a man. I need this. Which is I stupid. Need that. And I was like, dude, that's my wife. You know, it's like, she's been pregnant three times. You know, I want to put it's her. It's only fair. <laughs> I'm going to put her through a, a You had all the surgery, pleasure you know? and she had all the pain. Oh, she had pleasure. I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> it's you like, know I, what I mean. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to have her fucking go through a surgery to like get that done. And then it, it was easy. And, and, but yeah, the post was like, everybody was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Way to go. Oh, I'm so proud of you. My sister, I'm so proud of you, bro, for like stepping up and doing that. It's like. Okay, like it just doesn't seem like a big step up. It just seems like why am I gonna have my wifey go through that bullshit? It seems if, smart. If I, if I can just handle it, and you're being smart, dude. It's been less than two weeks. It's been less than two weeks, and it's like um like eighty five to ninety percent. You know, I still feel like I can't. I can't, you can't run. You can't do I squats. Can't, yeah, yeah. I can't really like go full bore on shit. But it's like I'm forty one. Do I really need to go full bore on shit anymore? And it's a pandemic, so yeah. just yeah, lay around and and, it, and it's been cool. Watch you know? Padres, oh, kill it. God, Padres yeah. are oh, amazing right yes. now. Yes. Don't talk to me about the Padres. They're so good right now. You're going to jinx it. Fuck. I did jinx the pandemic. Yeah, that's what I was, I was saying. Like, Don't talk to me about the Padres. You're going to just shit all, all over. Right. Now things are going to go sideways. Thanks a lot. No, I'm glad I'm God the witch that curses everything. Fuck. Shut up, Karen. <laughs> Karen, we've said it all. We did talk about 
a lot. Dude, you talked about shit that I didn't think you were going to talk about. I yeah. hope you're okay with that. I'm not really drinking lately, so like two beers. Uh, how many did I have? Dude, two beers. you've had one and a half beers. Two beers is a lot. I had two Topo Chicos. <laughs> I have to eat the rest of my salad. And- yeah, because a salad's going to fucking help. <laughs> <laughs> a salad's going to help your beer and a half over I'll there. I'll go see Dr. Q. Uh, and Yeah, check eat, him out. He's carbs. at the tavern. Um, he has a birria pizza that's really good. Really? Give it a shot. Is it actually good? I haven't had it yet, but he, he says it's really good. He what? wouldn't lie to me. He's a doctor of education. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, love you, Q. It's awesome to have you back in here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'll have it. you again in six months when I need to hear about white people shit again. I like to talk about white people shit. You de- I feel like I have a good white perspective. Ooh. Registered trademark. Mm. Do you have a special recipe for potato salad? No, I actually make an awful potato salad. Mm. I'm not good at it. Par for the course. What? The, what? Why Things, is that par for the course? Bread and freezer. Shitty potato salad. Yeah, about right. I really like potato salad. Do you salad. have bread in the freezer? Not currently. Okay, no, but that's a thing for you. Well, yeah, you can save it. I think wifey and I have a compromise where it's bread in the fridge. I put, I put, um, like if it's like Dave's bread, like that organic stuff with nuts. <laughs> you might as well be speaking Chinese. To well, me. it's delicious bread. If it's like organic with like sprouted shit in it, like like seeds and stuff, I will put that in the fridge. But if I feel like I'm not going to eat bread in a timely manner, I will put it in the freezer. In our household, before marriage and before kids and my parents, we would just go through food. It would be there and we'd eat it. There was no need to store it and shit, you know? And now I have fucking an army of children. Picky eaters. You have picky? I don't have picky eaters. Oh, I my, thought they were going to be picky eaters. My motherfuckers ate everything. There's no picky Then why are you freezing bread? We, to save we money? We don't, is what oh. I'm saying. Like, we, we, we don't have the luxury of storing food. So my parents, um, being as old as they were, they would buy things on sale and freeze it. Mm. So I will give you, actually, this ties in the Padres. My dad, um, after he retired from owning his insurance company, he uh, worked as an usher at not only Qualcomm or Jack Murph, but also Petco. And um, he would take his own lunch with him because the prices at both the stadiums were too expensive. So he would go to twenty-two dollars for sixteen ounces a lot. He would go to Arby's, five for five roast beef sandwiches, and freeze them. And then he would kick. I love your face. I wish anybody listening to this could see your face. <laughs> he would freeze them, and then when he had to go to a game, he would take one of his frozen five for five one dollar Arby's roast beef sandwiches, and he would heat them up in a microwave at whatever that's crazy park he was at. Why not just eat them all in one shot? Um, that was his. That was his lunch. Y'all motherfuckers are frugal. I mean, frugal. What are you gonna do? Nothing. Freeze shit. I guess I'm gonna invest in Free an outdoor shit. freezer. We did have one of those too. Been- I we had a we had a deep freeze in our garage, and I would hear the ice cream man, and I would run out there with change, and then hide the ice cream in the freezer in Next the garage. Next year, weed. <laughs> no, that was when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I was little. Karen, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I, feel, I, feel I appreciate like you, it. You, you, this was a good conversation. You blossomed like a flower today. I don't even know what time it is. It doesn't matter. It just I have to go to Costco after this. this I told is, wifey I'd be home by three. What time is it? It's not three. This it's is, after three. <laughs> this is a timeless conversation. Yeah, I, we could keep going. The food was good. Thank you. you uh, the Topo Chica was awesome. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. I nice to see, see you. see you soon, Karen. Thank you, friend. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of... 
Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Pay our website a visit, emobrown.com. That's where you can find access to all of our episodes, information on how to join the Patreon, Emo Brown, the social club, as well as pick up all of our merch, hats, shirt, patches, masks, todo el pelo. As always, our episodes are brought to you by the wonderful people at the Miso Healthy Company, award-winning, true, full-spectrum CBD, grown in California and sold worldwide. Lolita's Mexican Food. Patience is the essence of fine Mexican food. Located all throughout the San Diego County, specifically near dear home, Chula Vista, Balboa Avenue Dispensary for all your medicinal or recreational cannabis needs. Follow them, the Balboa Avenue Dispensary. Thank you very much. If you ever want to reach us, leave us a message, ask a question, share a thought, or just say hello, give us a call. 619-728-9300. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. ¿Qué onda, muchacho? Ahí viene este miro. Si me traes bronca, me loco de a ti.